Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When we look at potential problems and we think ahead of the game, we can solve some of those things now. And that's what today's podcast is about, looking ahead, thinking about some of the things we might be facing in the fall and coming up with solutions to those. And in particular, I'm going to use quarterback controversy as an example. Quarterback controversy is something you want to avoid at all costs. When I see this play out, whether this is at the high school level or the highest levels in the pros, you kind of fracture your culture. There seems to be uh, groups that align behind one guy or the other. And I know that can happen within a high school football team, within a college football team. Certainly we see it at times in the NFL. And it fractures culture. It fractures your community. And you want everybody pulling together. The game is difficult enough to win without things that get in the way. So while we may focus on the quarterback today, I think this certainly can be applied across any positions. While they may not get highlighted like the quarterback position, you're going to have situations where one guy feels he should start over the other. And and again, it could end up in those situations within your group where there become questions. Is this the right decision for us? Did coach make the right decision in playing this guy? So I think you need to turn it into something that's very objective. And the way to do that is through evaluation and being able to have some metrics to what the things are that really identify the production that's going to be needed on the field. In the spring and fall of 2010, we had a heated battle for the starting quarterback position. Our three-year starter was graduating and we had three freshmen battling to be in the number one spot at the beginning of their sophomore year. That year, I used three criteria to help me objectively distinguish the starter from the backups. And after doing that, I realized I could develop the criteria further to not only slot each quarterback in a position, but also give the position group valuable information about where they need to improve. So this is a system that continues on into camp and throughout the season and helps give both the quarterbacks and me as the quarterback coach feedback on what needs work. The first three criteria I used were release, accuracy, and decision. Each gave important information about how the quarterback was performing in some critical aspect as a passer. The total of the three was averaged 
to give an overall grade. I posted all of the quarterback scores for each of them to see not only how well each one was performing, but also how each compared to the other quarterbacks. In addition, before the grades were posted, each quarterback had to evaluate himself based on the same criteria. I could see very easily if the QB wasn't being objective, and for the most part, they were actually more critical of themselves in this process. I like that they were looking at the little things in which they could get better. The term release refers to how quickly the quarterback is getting the ball out. It's a product of footwork and vision and includes the use of pre-snap and post-snap thought processes. Proper mechanics also affect his release time. These are calibrated to the type of throw he is making. Quick game should be out in 1.5 seconds or less. For the drop back, we expect this first route in the progression to be thrown on the last step of the drop on rhythm between 1.8 and 2.0 seconds from the snap to the release. The intermediate routes, which are second in this progression, are thrown from 2.2 to 2.6 seconds depending on the depth and type of the break. If you want to learn more about calibrating the passing game, I did a short podcast on that one, and I'll link that in the show notes. For the quarterback, these are calibrated with one or two hit steps, or some people call them shuffle steps, up into the pocket with each accounting for 0.2 seconds. Checkdowns or hot routes should be thrown by 2.6 seconds or sooner, and at worst, I should see the quarterback escaping the pocket or moving to keep it alive at 2.6 seconds if nothing is there. Initially, in route timing drills and in Pascali, I would stand there behind the quarterback with a stopwatch and give him his release time. What we have found is that we became human stopwatches. As they get a feel for timing and rhythm, they can turn around and tell me their time, usually within a tenth of a second. And we'll sit in the film room and call out times before looking at the stopwatch and be dead on. And I love that they can get a feel for that calibration. And anytime we'd have freshmen in the room for the first time or with us for the first week, they'd marvel at this and think these guys were some kind of freaks that they're able to have the timing down to a tenth of a second. But it's really, again, all based on how their feet are moving. The result of this constant evaluation is something that our quarterbacks improved on their timing and their release over the course of spring. And I have a a chart in an article, which I'll also link, that shows the improvement in this particular year. But when you look at, and I'll, I'll go through our quarterbacks here, the three that we were evaluating. Quick game before, our first guy was at 1.52. Uh, at the end of spring, he was at 1.38, decreasing his release time by 0.14 seconds. That's pretty big in the quick game. Drop back before, he was averaging 2.52. Afterwards, 2.44 for a change of decreasing it by 0.18. Quarterback two was at 149, went down to 133, and 0.16 decrease in his timing. Uh, Drop back before was at 2.46. He came out of spring at 2.25, decreasing that by 0.2. And quarterback three, 162, at the beginning of spring, 1.39. Afterwards, a change of 0.21 in the drop back, He was at 2.8, way above where we'd want him, uh, averaged down to 2.57 and a change of 0.23. So all those guys 
really brought down their timing. And that's important to protection as well. Things break down, routes get jumped the longer that you hold on to the football. So if they have a plan and know where they're going and all those things that I said build into the release, you're going to have a better chance for success in getting the ball down the field. So all of those quarterbacks improved over spring ball with their focus being on release. We would also chart completions and completion rate for each quarterback, but to put more value on his accuracy grade. Being accurate means he must give the receiver a chance. Just because it's complete doesn't mean that it's accurate, right? You can think of those guys who make amazing catches and save the quarterback, but we really dictated that by ball placement. So proper ball placement is important. We tell the quarterback always to talk to the receiver with the ball meaning that ball placement should tell the receiver which way to turn with the football. So if you're running a stick route, for example, and it's placed on the outside shoulder, he could continue with that ball hitting the outside shoulder, spinning to the outside and getting upfield. A pass may be complete, but that ball placement may put ball security after the catch at risk, right? If that guy catches it on the inside, and let's say there's a linebacker there and he turns into it, The ball may be knocked out, maybe popped up into the air, and then we have a bad situation there. Furthermore, the accuracy grade accounts for both drop balls, which don't count against the quarterback negatively, and spectacular catches, which save a bad throw, uh, do count against him negatively in his accuracy grade, right? So uh, we look at and we want, we, we call it the halo. If we took a receiver and we put his arms up anywhere he can reach, without having to make any kind of extra effort. That's where we want the ball to be. So if it's within that, what we call that halo, then it was an accurate pass as far as we were charting it. Again, spectacular catches, things that the guy has to really do a ton of extra work to get to and use his athleticism did not count as an accurate pass, but drops, which were right on the money, aren't going to hurt him in this grade. The decision grade indicates the percentage of the time the quarterback is making the right decision and using the pre-snap and post-snap process correctly. This is where his understanding of the concept, study of game film, practice film, and understanding of defensive coverage structures and defensive reactions will really show up. And we want his eyes and feet moving through the progression correctly and taking him to the correct throw. We set up our system in a way that we had an operating system that was consistent throughout. It was kind of a mesh that I, of, of things I learned from two guys, one being Dan Gonzalez, who really taught me about this timing and how Homer Simpson developed it, and the other being Dub Maddox, who I think took things to a different level with what he did with R4. Both of those guys have operating systems for their quarterback, and we implemented one as well. As we learned more about what we really wanted and the timing we needed on our concepts and routes, release was defined further. Every route had a timing tied to it, and this served as our feedback for quarterbacks, receivers, and coaches as to what needed improvement. So when you calibrate the passing game, you'll understand if you're performing where you should be if those things are timing up right. Again, want more information on that, go to my podcast on calibrating the passing game link in the show notes. Release, accuracy, and decision carry the most weight for us and how the quarterback performed as a passer. And these three combined to give us an overall percentage grade for the quarterback. B 
because we were giving this feedback, I was also able to evaluate what I was doing on the field as a coach to make them better. So if I saw, for example, that their accuracy was really suffering, well, then we might go to some drills that had more of a focus on accuracy. Or we might be looking at you know, his mechanics a little bit and what's throwing it off and, and work on some specific things there. So all of this feedback really points you to a direction that you need for the quarterback's development. I always wanted to dig deeper and show each quarterback how he's performing in other aspects as well. So being able to collect and analyze data in the types of routes a QB is hitting with consistency, information on his decision-making process and how well he operates the offense, also aid in the evaluation of our quarterbacks in determining playing time and practice needs. We created grades called a percent of rhythm complete, percent of decisions late, chain movers, and tempo as part of our criteria. So I'll explain these and how they work into an evaluation. Again, going over, I'll go over all of them here. The criteria is in a chart, which I'll link in the show notes as well. But their overall is they're great as a passer and how well they do within the three components that are combined. Again, those being release, accuracy, and decision. The release is how quickly he's getting the ball out. It's a product of footwork and vision, including all of the pre-snap thought processes. His percent of rhythm complete tells the percentage of the routes he's completing on the last step of his drop. All passes are counted only if complete, and it is a percentage of his total completion, not a completion rate. Again, this is a product of footwork and vision, including the use of the pre-snap thought process. If you have a quarterback who's not hitting rhythm routes consistently uh, or at uh, a certain rate, a certain percentage that you'd like to see within your offense, that can be an issue, right? A lot of times that first look is that rhythm post or that rhythm corner route or a seam that has to be thrown very quickly on time. If you hitch up into the pocket, it's gone, right? If you wait too long and hold the ball, the window closes and bad things can happen. So that rhythm route, that percent complete, becomes very important for a guy who's going to be able to create some explosive plays for you in the passing game. The average release time was on drop back passes. The average that it takes for him to make his decision and get the ball out from the snap to the throw. So when going back to that stopwatch, it hit hit the stopwatch as soon as the ball was snapped. Hit the stopwatch when that ball's out of his hand. Accuracy, as I mentioned before, indicates how accurate the QB is on his throws. Again, uh, looking at where the ball is placed, looking at and evaluating, was there all kinds of extra effort for the receiver to get to that ball versus uh, a ball that might be dropped but right on the money again, not hurting his uh, grade there if it was something that was dropped. His decision indicates the percentage of the time that he's making the correct decisions and using his pre- and post-snap thought process correctly. We define all of those for him so that he does have the progression. As I said, that's within our operating system. A percent of decisions late was another thing that we would chart and grade and give feedback on. And it gives the percentage of the time that the QB is taking too long to get the ball out, even though he might make the correct decision. Again, a decision that, that is late can cause some problems for you. So he might see it, but if he triggers it late, that's going to be a problem, especially as you get into game day and the speed of the game 
quickens up versus what you see versus a scout team. We were an up-tempo team, and so we would evaluate tempo. And that's an indicator of how well the quarterback is doing in running the offense and using his procedures, getting guys aligned and ready to go. We put that on him. That time from whistle to snap is something we chart there to see how well does this guy operate. If he's standing there trying to assess the defense, taking too long, he doesn't have guys aligned right, we put all of that on him. So we would chart all of those, and everybody would get a tempo time, and average time, and again, and everybody's seeing everybody else's. Completion, as I mentioned before, is that completion percentage over the course of the spring, uh, accounting for some of those drops, as we mentioned. Chain movers is another important one. Those are vertical rhythm or intermediate routes that get 10-plus on the throw. Doesn't include any of the yards after catch, just those routes that we're able to get into the intermediate space with, for us, a, a focus on explosive, right? Those intermediates and those rhythm routes that are going down the field allow you to pick up 15 yards or more, which if you go back to Mike Ayer's study from, you know, old Green Bay Packers study, those explosives make a difference in your ability to score points on any single drive. And then the percent of completion slash chain movers tells how the quarterback is seeing receivers down the field in open space. A guy might have a great completion percentage, but we might find out that the majority of those were checkdowns, right? So that kind of skews the picture for us with what we want the quarterback to do overall. Maybe it's that guy who, as you're evaluating, he's not very comfortable throwing the ball down the field and he holds onto the ball, misses opportunities down the field and checks down. His completion rate might be great, but with what he's doing to really move the ball down the field is not helping our team. So going over all these, his percentage rhythm complete score tells the percentage of the routes that he's completing on the last step of his drop. Again, these are explosive plays that calibrate with a throw on the last step. All passes are counted only if complete, and it becomes a percentage of his total completions, not a completion rate. This aspect of the passing ability is a product of footwork and vision, including use of our pre-snap thought processes. He should understand that the safety is going to roll out. It's going to give us the opportunity or roll down. It's going to give us an opportunity on a rhythm post, as an example. Uh, another aspect, again, that is the percentage decisions that are late. This gives him a percentage of the time that we want, uh, that he went to the correct receiver. But it took too long to get that ball out and make the correct decision. So technically, uh, this will reflect as a minus on his release time, but it allows him to see things correctly, uh, that, or tells us he's seeing things correctly. He's just triggering too late. So what can we do to speed him up? Again, thinking about that as, a, as the quarterback coach, okay, how can I bring some things into practice, into drills where maybe I isolate certain looks for him and create those situations where he sees those windows and where they're going to be? And, and it tells me, again, what we need to continue repping and building that confidence in so he can throw these down the field. It's not just saying, okay, well, hey, you're bad at this, you're good at this, you start. It's like, how can we develop this better? And, and that's something that all quarterbacks need to get better at. The chain movers, again, are those throws that gain 10 or more on the pass itself. These show the percentage of throws in which he's hitting receivers downfield in space. And we derive the number by taking the number of rhythm and intermediate routes that he is hitting and dividing it by the total completions. So a percentage of those are rhythm or intermediate routes. Again, intermediate routes are ones that are thrown 
on one hit step or one shuffle step up into the pocket. Uh, Checkdowns are a reality in the passing game. And if nothing's there, we want those thrown. But quarterbacks who only throw checkdowns are showing a lack of confidence in their timing, in their accuracy, and getting the ball down the field. And that deficiency has to be corrected in order to have success, in order for that guy to be the starter. Finally, going back over tempo, again, that tells us how he's operating the offense. We'd script the exact same reps and number of reps for the quarterbacks we're evaluating and slotting. And we time how long it takes for each one of those guys to move his unit through those reps. Again, this is a spring ball focus for us. You know, you might not have spring ball, but you could do this in the summer. So all of those guys get the reps. Usually we would alternate on days who goes first versus who goes last just to, um, you know, not, not make it unfair. I mean, the guy gets to see what's happening out on the field with that previous group. He should be learning from those reps. So we want to make sure that uh, we're being fair in that regard. Again, it's an indicator of how well the quarterback is doing running our offense using procedures and getting our players aligned. And we'll add time to his total if an error occurs procedurally or within an alignment. So as an example, if he's hurrying things up, being good at moving things along, but he's sloppy and he doesn't see that uh, the flanker covered up our tight end, we're going to add time to that total because he had an error within that. Again, this forces him to be that leader that he needs to be on the field. When we're not in a, a quarterback controversy situation or, or we know that there's a tight competition, we'll usually make sure that the younger quarterbacks get the last set in those reps, right? Those are the guys who should be standing up there. We emphasize to them, get your mental reps, see what's happening so you can go up there and operate better than the group before. So they're constantly reminded to get those mental reps and learn. And it's been valuable in helping the progress of our younger quarterbacks, right? And especially as we would get into fall camp, we have those freshmen coming in. You know, if you're at the high school level, maybe it's your sophomores who have moved up. Getting those guys the same reps, but putting it after everybody else. So grading and evaluating our quarterbacks constantly helps develop them into the field generals who can operate our offense effectively. We also value the intangibles like leadership, confidence, poise, and composure. Our quarterback's throwing mechanics are also recorded on video and put through slow motion analysis. We want to develop our quarterbacks in every area that can affect their performance. So having a very objective set of data like the ones I described in our grading system helps create a clear picture of where each quarterback is in his development. As I've mentioned before, This is transparent. We share everybody's results with the other ones. We should know clearly in this quarterback competition we may be having for uh, our starting position where everybody is performing. If you coach another position, you certainly can create this kind of criteria, the things that are important for you at that position that show that this is the guy who's performing better than the other. What you might find is there's very close very close separation between those two. Maybe they're, they're neck and neck. You might, it might warrant time being split between those guys, but it's going to tell you who deserves the playing time first, right? It'll take away all of those, uh, this guy's better, coach is just making the wrong decision. It's all subjective. He just likes him more. It has to be about some of the things that you can record and track 
and manage. And as I said, this is not only a tool for deciding who's the starter. This is a tool for you as a coach to decide what are the things we need to work on in practice. What are the things we need to develop in each of these players? What's my plan for developing those things? So as coaches, we have all faced those tough situations that those who do not put the time into may not understand. The quarterback position seems to be the one that attracts the most attention when it comes to deciding who the starter is and having clearly defined performance standards and giving players constant evaluation helps make our decisions tangible for all of those involved. Uh, Hopefully that's something that is useful to you. Uh, I would suggest if you you have those situations, that start right now in the offseason. Don't wait when you get to camp. There's always things in camp that will start to get into the way of uh, the, the evaluation process if it's not started earlier, right? You want to establish those things. You want to establish a clear understanding of this is how you're going to be evaluated. You want to dis- establish that development. So when they come out of your spring ball, they know, hey, I got to work on some of these things on my own. I need to sit down and understand defense is better on film and then be able to take that on in the field, etc. So best of luck to you and your staff as you continue to prepare for this next season. Follow all we're doing at coachingcoordinator.com. There's an article on this on there. I'll also be sharing another article soon, which will give some video examples of the evaluations. Follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.